From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KTYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the phone for the fans, the Bleed Blue Show, Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum. We got two more divisions to cover, and we are done because after this, regular season action resumes on a weekly basis every Wednesday when our squad, the Knicks, play, or and or uh, 9 p.m. when they don't play every Wednesday through the regular uh, through the regular season. Uh, BleedBlueShow.com is our website. Audio archive episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Lots to discuss, man. I mean, NBA action uh, since this past weekend. Games in session tonight, last night. Uh, it just even from a Nick perspective, you know, one game and one game only. Preseason, call for what it is, is vanilla. But listen, you got to like what you saw defensively out of the Knicks. And we'll, we'll probably do in and out with them all, all episode long. Got to get to these divisions, man, the Northwest and the Pacific. So we're going to talk some Timberwolves and Thunder and uh, Jazz, Blazers, you know, th- that division. You know, the Nuggets and the Clippers, Suns, Lakers, Kings. I'm missing the team, right? I think I got them all. I think I'm missing the team. Whoever the team, we'll get to it, man. So let's let's jump right into it, man. Dom, what's up, man? We're going to go right into it for what we saw last night, and we'll start with the Northwest, man. How's everything, man? It's good to talk hoops with you, man. Good evening, Stephen. Good evening, you, brother. Good to hear from you, man. What's up? I'm, I'm, you know, I love talking sports with you, man. You do your homework. You know your sport. Let's get right into it with the hoops, man. Um, listen, we could go back and forth. We could probably make Nick points all throughout this episode, right? But let's uh, blend in some of the division talk, like Minnesota. You know, we could start anywhere in the Northwest. We could go top level, uh, you know, Minnesota, Utah, Portland, Denver, anywhere you want to go, uh, let's go for it. But first, let's start with the Knicks. And then even after you, you're done with your Knicks points, you can pick any team, and I'll freestyle off of you. I'll go with my thoughts on that team, whatever team you pick in that Northwest. Let's go for it, man. All right. With the with the, with the the Knicks, real quick, Steve, preseason, whatever whatever you want to say. I mean, the, the good thing that I took out of it, for the, for the handful of minutes that starters were in there, your your three—I don't want to use the word big three—but your three key players had had great nights: 21, 16, 15. You know, five, one, six rebounds, two, five, four. It, it was a it was a good night for them three. All of them were in a plus, in a plus minus. And you know, 22 minutes for Barrett. Everybody else was 18, 19. It was a it was a good show, Stephen, like you said, how you start 96 points. They played pretty good defense from start to, from start to finish, even with your G-leaguers or whatever that last group was going to be. It was, it was a good show. I, I, I will say that, and I'm not going to get too high or too low. But you know what? It was, it was good, Steve. You've got to give credit where credit is. Northwest, real quick, Steve. If Minnesota don't take it, they may, they 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 gambled and lost. They they rolled the dice and they lost. It's it's theirs for the taking. I know Denver's bringing back good players. To me, that should be the only stumbling block for Minnesota. 
Other than mm-hmm. that, they got a they got a good squad. See, I know people say, "Oh, it's only Rudy Gobert," but that's what they were missing. <laughs> they were missing that. So, again, don't want to get too high, too low. I always like Denver, but this year I'm looking at Minnesota to take that. Take that next step, Steve. They, they've done it right with their young players. You know, D'Angelo Russell, hopefully he yeah, just does enough. Edward Town, Edwards, now Gobert. We'll, we'll see. It should be interesting, Steve. The only thing that sucks about it is the time difference. Will we see a lot of their games? Uh, I hope so. I hope I can stick around. League pass, only $99 this year for all those out there that always thought it was too expensive. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. $99, Steve. Got it. People need to jump on that. That's not bad at all. I have. Oh. <laughs> That's definitely new. That's definitely worth it, I think. Absolutely. Um, You're talking $200-something, Steve. That was $200-something every year. Yeah. yeah Take something. advantage. Take advantage. Yeah, and I have to get it. If I don't get it, I don't see my own team. So, you know, I'm stuck with having to buy it. So I get a break this year. Hey, thank you. Thank you. you know, right, right. I really appreciate it. I, the Northwest is, you know, listen, Denver is a very interesting team because of the injuries, guys yeah. coming back. Um, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Dom, on Minnesota because – Jamal Murray coming off that ACL injury. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., man, how many times have you raved about him over the years mm-hmm. on the show? And, and, see, it's like it's hard. Like I'm not at the Nuggets practices. I don't know their conditioning. Of course, they're ready and available to play after their injuries. Honestly, they got – I really like their rotation, Dom, considering things if they're healthy. We'll bring the infamous one on in a, in a second. I see you, Adam. I got you. We're, gonna, we're, we're talking Knicks as well. But the Nuggets, man, that – it, man, this is – the upside on this team is so good. Um, even I, – I even went on my spill a couple of weeks ago when I talked about Will Barton being traded. I, I don't know – that I don't know why they gave up on him just to put, get what Contavious Caldwell Pope to play more defense. I mean, I thought Will Barton. I know defensively he's not Pope, and Pope is not necessarily the all-world defender at the two guard. I thought Washington came off on that trade late in June. I think that was better for them. Maybe that it was more about cap what? space or something with Denver. But go go back and forth what you're saying about Minnesota versus Denver. Man, listen. <sighs> I really like if, – if they can get it together, Dom, I think this is a, a Western Conference Finals team in the Denver Nuggets. Mm. If they get it together, mm. you know, we know the injuries, the ACL. They got it, man. I mean, they got everything at every position, the MVP of the league. The bench is a short bench, so everybody's going to get their time. Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, they got veterans. It's a veteran-led team, and the pieces fit. I mean <laughs> – I, I, I like this team a lot on paper, but it, and I, think, I, I feel you on Minnesota. I, I do feel you on Minnesota. Yeah, I think Ricky, one thing, Steve, you brought up, Rudy you brought up a good team. point, Go And before we go to Al. You brought up a good point with Pope. Did, did they bring him in, Steve? Like, that's a hell of an insurance policy, considering the injuries. And Murray, we're, we're going on almost two years for him, Steve, close to two years. So you're right, though, when you say about Pope. 
could be he could be that uh you know every year I like that but I forgot all about Pope that that might be a game changer Steve believe it or not yeah he's a with NBA their champion with the Lakers in the bubble um mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good shooter. I mean, they got they added Bruce Brown from the Nets. So you get rid of Will Barton. You get rid of um, uh, the other guard that they had. Oh, 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 oh Ma- Monte, um, what's his name? Monte Morris. But you added Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, we, we've seen him as a Brooklyn Net. He's a very good player, man. Adding those two and Ish Smith, that's not bad for Denver. I can see the upside on each side. And then, you, of course, you know, Jokic is just – you know, he's a stat stuffer, efficiency like crazy. Well, we'll come back to the Minnesota endeavor. But let me say a real quick point, and I know Nick Ass probably got a lot to say about the Knicks, and we'll go through each division, Northwest and the, the Pacific. Listen, that the way the Knicks – I mean, I know it's the Pistons. It is what it is. But the way that roster – it's a deep team. The Knicks, is, Knicks are a deep team, but I think they got to have to use that to their advantage – I think they're gonna to have to use this 82 game schedule, and this is. And I thought about this last night, Dom, like where Thibodeau historically wears and tears his main guys. I think he honestly he needs to adjust from that. I really believe yeah. you kind of have to get maximum effort out of like a 10 man rotation. Don't shorten it up to seven. You got injury history with Derrick Rose, and I think once Derrick Rose got hurt, it really fell out of control. We never recovered. Uh, I love. You already know how I feel about um, uh, uh, McBride, Deuce McBride. You know, defense. You know, I'm a defensive guy. I love defense, and he's a tough son of a gun, man. All the steals he had last night. And that's not by mistake. Like this is what he does, and yeah. and Thibodeau has to use him. And, and, and Jalen Brunson, and we talked about this over the years too, Don. Because remember, I was a big guy on getting Bridges, his teammate out of Villanova. It, this, it's about championship pedigree, and sometimes that gets missed because people want to go on upside like Kevin Knox. We should have went for Bridges, but Jalen Brunson is a winner. He's been a winner his whole entire life. His father's the assistant coach on the Knicks now, former Nick back in the late 90s. Jalen Brunson, and you saw what he did in the playoffs, he's not flashy. He's low to the ground, but he gets to his spots and. The Knicks definitely needed this. And a guy, a, a guard, who could get to any spot if he wants to and, and, and create space. He's tough. He's he's solid as far as strength, man. So the Knicks are going to have a better season barring injury. And, you know, I like what they did defensively. Defensively is what I loved about it last night. But, Don, we'll talk about it and we'll bring on Av and get his thoughts on the Knicks. And we're going to run through division by division. But, Av, you know, what are your thoughts, man, with the Knicks uh, preseason game number one? And then, of course, Minnesota. You know, we, we, we're just getting into the Northwest, Minnesota, and Denver. I'll bring up some other teams. What's up, man? I lo- lo- looking forward to your thoughts, man. Tom, Steve, uh, good evening. Th- uh, thanks for putting me on. Uh, so far, great great dialogue going on. Uh, I- I'm loving the insight. Yeah, last night, um, the Knicks taking care of business. They beat a team they were supposed to beat in, in Detroit. It is what it is. But Steve, I'm with you. Um, I really think that, you know, during training camp, Tom Thibodeau really put in a huge emphasis on defense because the defensive um, intensity and the efficiency on defense was a lot better than definitely last season. I mean, there was, there was some little intangibles that you started seeing in, in, in last night's game 
that reminded you of that of, of, of that four seeded Knicks team that was two years ago that finally made the playoffs. Um, I love what I saw from you know from you know from, from McBride. I love what I saw from Brunson. Um, I really liked what I saw from uh, from R.J. Barrett. Um, I really like the I really like how you know everything is kind of flowing. It's not going straight through Julius Randle as it used to be. It's now kind of being a more even flow offense, a little bit more well balanced, which will actually benefit Randle and you know and you know going forward because now as the floor spacing starts to open up, Randle will not be seeing as many you know double teams and triple teams and and, and defenses collapsing on him when they shoot it down to his left side on the post. Which is gonna, which is only gonna make him much more stronger. So I think that he's gonna have a much more efficient um, season, again, barring injury. And like you said, Steve, if Tom Thibodeau does extend his, you know, his rotation a little bit and not just stick to a seven or eight man rotation, um, because he will wear those guys down. I mean, we're talking about, a, you know, a Derrick Rose is a year older. We're talking about a Julius Randle's a year older. We're talking about, you know, all these, you know, all these players that are, you know, now, you know, getting back into a new, a new setting, a, you know, a new expectation, a new season. So, you know, let's hope that Thibodeau has learned and has heard enough from enough of the Knicks fans of saying, play the kids, play the kids, because you saw Obi got. You know, got a little bit of burn. I know it's preseason, so he's probably going to extend them a little bit. You know, you know, throughout these four games, and that, and probably in the early you know, the first 20 games of the season. But it was nice to see it because now you started to see the rotation. You started to see, you know, the even um, distribution of minutes, the distribution, the distribution of shots, and on much more heavier focus back onto the defense, which is what Tom Thibodeau's calling card is. You know stemming all the way back from his Jeff Van Gundy days. So, great, you know, great game, um, great efficiency. I'm, I, I'm, I'm pleased. I want to see more. Um, as you guys were talking about, the, you know, the other divisions, um, I, you know, kind of like recapping of what we've been doing all, all the offseason. Um, I agree with you, Steve, in terms of what Denver can, can be, but... I have to, you know, I have to play the devil's advocate and say, well, how often can you say that the Denver Nuggets have stayed remotely injury-free? You know, um, they they have a lot of guys that you know that they added um, who haven't been the, let's say, the you know the poster child for overall health and being injury-free. Um, I, 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 I agree with you. I don't know why they gave up on, on, on Will Barton, to be honest with you. I think Will Barton, you know, um, is going to do some great things in Washington, uh, uh, you know, playing alongside Bradley Beal and playing on this young team. Um, maybe, maybe it was a personality thing. Maybe they wanted to add a veteran presence in, in adding Pope. And, and, you know, and, and, uh, I, and, you know, a lot of the other pieces that they get, I mean, they're adding veterans. Which is great, you know, you know, guys who you know who've been in the trenches before, but we're talking about adding age, which sometimes can be a very uh, quintessential problem for teams that are used to being an up and down team, um, you know, who like to score in bunches 
And, you know, it's predicated on that up-and-down movement and scoring a crap load of points, you know, within the 48 minutes. Um, but I still think that they, you know, that they're going to be, you know, up there at least in the conversation of winning their division. Uh, it's just a matter of time of, of actually watching, you know, how the division plays out. I don't think that Minnesota really got that much better. Um, I, I, I think that Minnesota made a big mistake in trading for Rudy Gobert and especially giving up what they did give up. But at the same time, I kind of understand it, given what, who they were dealing with, you know, and we know that firsthand, and given what the situation was called for, they needed to add some, some quality veterans. They needed to add scoring. They needed to add, you know, a, 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 a defensive player, you know, of the caliber of a Rudy Gobert. But I think that, you know, that, you know this, is, this was an all-in move, and they're not in the all-in position. Let's go back to Dominic and get his thoughts. Anything else from the Knicks' perspective, but also any, you know, you got any thoughts on the Thunder? Do you have any thoughts on the Jazz, the Blazers? We could get to the other three teams. If you want to go back to Minnesota and Denver, we could discuss that. Feel free. Uh, great points, man. I'm, I'm already loving this conversation, man. I got, I got to say, Av, Av is right, and and you with the with the Thibodeau. But here, here's the thing, guys. You. You could play the kids, but the kids got to show up. They they get their good spurt. Don't get me wrong. The one thing I noticed last night, OB Toppin is still dunk. Yeah, he can still dunk, but he still can't shoot. So when when, 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 we, when we get on that, when, when we get on that, play the kids, play the kids. I, I get it because you wanna. You know, you don't want to burn your players out. That's been his M.O. But if you really look at it, guys, Thibodeau played Toppin. He played quickly last year. His probably biggest downfall was out of necessity of playing Burks at the point for so long and for so many minutes. But, again, we can say play the kid. But when Gas gets in there, <laughs> you got to show up. I, I got to get quickly credit. He, he's not going to stop. He's very aggressive. That's one thing I always liked about him. Whether he scores or he don't or he does a little floater, he's very aggressive. And for a guy that age with you know, not a lot of time in the NBA, that's great to see. The rest of them, I love Brian. i, I got to see this kid play more. The Cam Reddish thing, guys, I, I don't get it. I, I'm starting to really feel sorry for this kid. He's probably one of the most talented all-around players on the Knicks, but he just can't stay on the court. And that's, it's really getting hard to watch now. Now, they say his injury wasn't that severe, but again, four years, injury after injury after injury. The, the kid got talent. Don't get it twisted. He's got talent. But his biggest bone is can't stay on the court. Your best ability is availability. And he has not done that. I feel sorry for him. So when everybody gets to the uproar with Fournier and McBride, the Reddishes, I want to see McBride play more guys. Call me a nut. Call me whatever you want. Right. But I, I got to see this kid play. And Grimes, I mean, not McBride, Grimes. I got to oh, see okay. Grimes play. <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm sorry. I always get – but I got I to gotta see Grimes play, guys, because he brings that – I don't know, that toughness, 
He's a good defensive player. He's a good shooter. I just got to see him play more and see what happens. Because, you know what, guys, we could all be wrong. You know, sometimes person, a, per, a player plays more minutes don't mean they get better. Their efficiency can go down. But I just got to see him play, guys. I apologize for beating that horse to death. But he's the one player that the Knicks have got over the last few years that I really want to play. Because you know what? I've seen, I think I've seen enough of Ogle. Unless he develops a shot, he's going to be Kenny Skywalker. He's going to be whoever. He's going to be that guy that can get to the basket and dunk. You know, you gotta get your game a little more first. Now, he's in what now? Year three? I think year three? Yeah, year three. Mm-hmm. And I got back again last night when I, the parts that I watched, he was two for four, two dunks, an air ball, and a miss. So, <laughs> come on. You, you, you gotta give us something more. But that being said, I don't wanna beat that ball. He played no, a kid. Yeah, play it, the I mean, kids, it's definitely you're in there. It's definitely yeah, you got to develop I mean, this. It's the NBA. You got to develop. You can you can have the name. You can have the hops. We seen we seen a million Obi Toppins guys. Let let's be honest. Nothing against them. We seen a million Obi Toppins. The kid that can jump out the gym, bring the crowd to his feet, but but can't hit a fifteen foot jumper. <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's 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 get it right, guys. Let's not. It's not just I'm looking for an aspect. And that's why I like that's why I like Grimes. I think he can do so much. And for a team like the Knicks that we we've been down this road. We know who Thibodeau is. He's defense, defense, defense. So if you got a guy like Grimes that could give you that defense and could still knock down a shot, maybe I'm just stuck on this guy, fellas. I apologize, but I gotta see this kid develop. I, hey, listen, you, you're hey, we're, I'm with you on Grimes. Like, I love Grimes. You know, we talked about him when he was coming out of Houston. Uh, he's a guy when he got minutes because of the injury situation last year, and, and he's he showed you he showed you he could shoot it when he got the confidence. No problem there. And the, the thing about Obi Toppin, uh, Dom, is the fact that I like the fact that he's not being shy on taking the shots. Now, it definitely does need work, let's be honest. We saw those moon balls he was throwing up last night from the corner. I was like, ugh, you know? Now, let's let's remember what happened at the end of the regular season last year when the Knicks were out of it. But remember, Obi Toppin, in a sense, was playing extended preseason basketball when the Knicks were out of it, meaning he had a huge green light. You saw his jumper was wet. So I'm going to be a little bit more patient because I saw at the end of the regular season last game, I'll, I'll give you the example, the game in Washington where he shot the ball very well from the perimeter. And, you know, it's preseason game number one. I, I will give a little – I have a little bit more rope as far as more time as far as him shooting the rock. The guy – you already know where I'm about to go with this, Dominic. Uh, the guy that I want to see shoot more in today's NBA is Mitchell Robinson because, listen, if you already know my rant about him. Offensively, yeah. if he really had developed, we would really be a true three, four seed in, in the East. But because our offensive liability is at that position, is a lot of the reason why I say the Knicks are, you know, they don't pose no major threat versus those other teams in the conference. 
Um, it, a lot of it is Mitchell Robinson because of his. They know that he can't shoot, and I saw him try to do some low post moves last night, and I saw you know working on, but it's still you just tell it's still not there. They, like you're not even trying to fire up a ten foot jump shot, dude. Come on, man. It's today's NBA. Like you said, it's today's NBA. So I'm not mad at Obi Toppin. I'm actually more mad at somebody like Mitchell Robinson. Like show me something, show us something different. You know because. I got a fair question. I'm going to ask both of you guys as the episode goes along about Jalen Brunson. And then the question is, do you trust Jalen Brunson? You could answer that whatever or however way you want. Um, but I, and I'm with, I, when you said McBride, Dom, but you meant uh, Grimes. I actually was cheering when you said McBride, I, even though I am for Grimes too, but I really believe after learning what happened with Derrick Rose last year, I don't care how much weight he lost and all this other stuff. He's a professional and all that. I would still kind of limit his minutes and throw him some more minutes for Deuce if you can. Because I really, to me, Deuce looks hungry. He looks like he's on the way out as far as a roster spot, but we know he should be good. Deuce McBride defensively is an animal, a pit bull. And I am all for that. If you were a guy, I mean, he had five steals last night. He was even trying. I know it's preseason, but I would be on the, um, I'm all for that. Real quick on the Northwest, um, as far as Portland, Adam, I didn't, you know, definitely get your thoughts. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant going to the Blazers from Detroit, uh, you know, you know, going from Detroit all the way to the Portland. This is more Anthony Simmons team. You know, I don't even know if Dame Lillard has a trade market at this point, man. Uh, but this team, I, I see him towards the bottom of the division, or or at least ahead of you. Man, it's debatable. Is it them or Utah? I mean, we got really have a debate. Who's in last place in the Northwest? Is it Portland or is it Utah? But um, I mean, we talked about Minnesota, Denver, Portland is like in that mid tier. Uh, I'm missing a team, right? Utah. Who else is in that division? Oh, the oh man, the Thunder. Wait, Don, Don, give me. A, let me ask you this real quick before we go to AF. If you can answer my question, do you trust Jalen Brunson? It's a very open-ended softball question. You could do whatever you want to do with that question. And number two, if you had to see three, four, five in the Northwest, is it Portland, Utah, OKC? Is it OKC, Portland, Utah? Like, where would you rank three, four, five in the Northwest and why? And who do you like on any of those teams, whether they're going to, you know, be okay or they stink up the joint? And then we go to Adam and get those questions up. I, I gotta, I gotta say, Utah, though, though they had a, a yard sale, whatever the case may be, unless they don't go full tank, they still have a decent roster. OKC is gonna be OKC, you know, with the with the triple headed point guard monster. Their their rookie's not gonna play, so are they gonna be in? Let let's tank one more time. I don't know. It gets hard to watch. But when you really look at Utah, Portland, I'm with you, Steve. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing, man. I don't. That that team seems to be wow. I, I can't get, matter of fact, they're they're only two and three seasons. So not saying three seasons is a lot, but I don't I don't see where they're going, Steve. I mean I commend I commend Damian Lillard for want to stay. But them, them and OKC will be fighting for fourth and fifth place. Think Utah. Utah is going to play decent because they still have decent players. OKC and they got the point guards. They got that. What's his name? Giddy. 
good, good young ball player. <laughs> Josh Giddy. But I don't, I don't yeah. see. I, I think the problem with this season, and I hate to be this way, is you always got to look at that tanking shit. You know, are, the, are these guys just going to basically throw in the towel for whoever the hot topic is next year? OKC is going to use the excuse, oh, you know, we lost our top rookie and. You know, Utah is going to be well, you know. We did trade for a lot of draft picks. So that that part makes me makes me sick. You know how I feel about the thing. So I'm not even going to beat that part of that. But I think, I think Utah will take three. And OKC and Portland will fight it out for last place unless something strange happens. But as far as Jalen Brunson, Steve, i, I got to be honest. Not only do I trust I have to trust him. Because he, he was our hope. Not, I don't mean to sound like that. Like, you know, he's going to be the cornerstone for us winning the championship next year. But this is what we've been looking for 20 years. And it's definitely what we've been looking for since all of us got together. That, that point guard. So, yes, I trust him. And, I yes, I have to trust him. I have to believe that, one, he came here for a reason. And if, if you look at it, guys, I know this is corny, but if you watch the first play of the game yesterday, he dribbled, got to a spot down low, faded back, boom, hit that little jumper, that little halfway down low jumper. And it was like, man, that's the guy we saw playing in Dallas that we were hoping signed him. I mean, I, I got to trust him, guys. I, the only thing that I will say that will make me a little – nervous, because I think he's got to up his assist ratio. The, the greatest thing with him, and I always say, we take the ball out of two of the most non-ball handling, decision-making players I have seen in years in Julius Randle and R.J. Bowden. And we possibly could get out of that doldrum of being last in pace in the NBA, because you know if nothing else, he's going to push the pace and we're going to get up and down the court a little faster because we're taking the ball out of those two guys' hands. That the ball should have never been in their hands to begin with. But we didn't have a point guard. So, yes, I trust him, Steve. And, yes, I have to trust him. And I think he's going to be the difference. I, I see us making the playoffs. I, I'll just leave it at that. All right, cool. I have thoughts on that as well. Shout out to Dom. I will go back to you. Do you trust Jalen Brunson? We're talking about Portland, also Portland, Utah, the Thunder, three, four, and five. Is there any players on their team that you know this season you want to take a you know take a look at, as, or if you have anything else on Minnesota and Denver? But yeah, your thoughts on the Knicks as well. We, you know, we, we're not going to neglect the Knickerbockers on the Knickerbocker Avenue fan forum. That's, un- that's unheard of. That's like blasphemy. <laughs> you really think about it. But uh, hey, um, to answer your question, do I trust Jalen Brunson? At this point, I'm going to have to. Um, it's by default because it's exactly what Dom just said. Um, well, can, I, well, 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 can I ask you guys a question? When you, when you say I sure. have to, like Kimball Walker, and, um, I mean, all the other point guards that came through um, over the last eight years or whatever, like did you guys say I have to trust them too? Like what makes this different is saying I have to trust them. Like, don't we have to well, trust them? Let me, let me oh. Let me try yeah, to answer yeah, that first. It's, it's because it's because of what you just said, Steve. It's I didn't I didn't get into that mode because I said 
Oh, my God. Again, the Kemba Walker thing. Guys, I live in North Carolina. I've been over this a million times. We've seen the wheels coming off him. It was it was no big thing to me except the, the I'm coming home and blah, 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 blah. No. I didn't have that feeling because I didn't feel like, one, it was the right move. I just thought it was a stopgap thing. You know, then you figured you, you go get an offensive point guard to play with an offensive point guard in Derrick Rowe. That, it just didn't sit well with me. And that mm-hmm. goes for all of the point guards. They, they showed the list on TV last night over the last how many years, different starting point guards. And I've never felt that way before, that one, I can trust the person and I have to. Because when you look at it, guys, he's probably the first one in all of those names that we saw that wanted to be here. The other ones we acquired, we this and that. And, and so, no, it, 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 I, it's not that I didn't want to feel that way before. See, I, I didn't feel it, period. You know, it, was, it was, come on, guys. We, we've seen the Kemba Walker thing. We saw how this was going to play out. Unless, again, y'all didn't see him as much as I did in Charlotte. But if you didn't, you saw the wheel coming off of Boston. So, and Boston unloaded him. And then we get him from the team they unloaded him to. That, that, nah, it's, it's a different feel, Steve. I think this kid, one, he has the goods. And two, he wants to be here. And it's not like he broke the bank. They didn't give him no super-duper max $50 million contract. So for, for, for his position and his going rate, we did great. Just, you know, do what he does. Don't get too into everything. Just do what you do, and I think we'll be fine. And this is about to ask. Go ahead and uh, continue your thoughts, Av. Well, uh, to piggyback off of what um, Dom just said, I have to trust in Jalen Brunson for a, for a variety of reasons. One, he is the first point guard that really wanted to come here. Yeah, given, you know, we did give him a big contract. It wasn't a super-duper max, but it was pretty fair close according to the rules. Number two, you saw what he was able to do back in Dallas, and you know, and you know his pedigree considering that his dad's an assistant coach, used to play on the Knicks, Jalen has history, you know, with the city, with everything. So there's one part of that, you know, all to itself. More importantly is that if you go down the list of all those previous point guards that, you know, that Dime alluded to, you, you, you talk about guys like Chris Duhon and Raymond Felton and Jason Kidd and Baron Davis and Chauncey Billups and uh, – I know I'm missing a bunch, a bunch of names, but you start going down that list. <laughs> exactly. But if you go down the list of all these point guards, you either have guys that, A, nobody wanted, B, um, you know, were over, you know, were way past over their prime years, or C, were guys that were, were, were just projects you know, project picks for another team that just never panned out because they finally got somebody that they were they wanted to invest in. I mean, 
You can go down that whole list, and I mean, hell, remember Tony Douglas? Remember this guy? You know, remember Albert Payton? Remember this guy? Remember that guy? Yeah. I mean, there were there were a number of different players. Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and what's crazy about that is that a lot of those names were names that we were hoping that we would get in the draft. We didn't end up getting them in the draft. We get them later on, down further down in the careers once the experiment just you know you know what the hell. So this is this is one of the few occasions where the Knicks got some got a point guard who is a true point guard who yes has his flaws in terms of you know his defensive defensive efficiency but I think that will work out work itself out in time and is a score first point guard and yes I would like to see him you know you know up the assist ratio and you know and lower down that turnover ratio that assist to turnover ratio has to kind of you know has to get better and I would like to see him you know show more efficiency in defense but if you saw him last night, he was doing things that we haven't seen other point guards do in such a long time. He was looking for the three-point shot. He is a big threat for the three-point shot. He's a guy that actually can, you know, that can create his own shot, you know, with little ease to create spacing and does look out for players. You know, he looks out for, looks out for his teammates. And, you know, he, he he's somebody that you could actually – count on it's like you know what this guy's gonna be my point guard for at least the next two or three years you know i know he signed a four or five year contract but you know it is what it is you can you can rest assured that that position is going to be solid for at least three or four years with that being said with derrick rose's career starting to wind down and just like you were saying steve you know miles mcbride showing you some glimpses of what he could possibly be in terms of being a fucking terror on the defensive end and being, you know, hungry and a pit bull in a sense of what he can do on the floor when he gets the time, I mean, that's a great combination to, you know, to have. You have a point guard there, and you have a point guard being groomed underneath that, as well as you still have the veteran presence of Derrick Rose still there to teach you you know, the ins and outs of the game that, you know, that you could only learn from a, from a seasoned veteran like Derrick Rose. You know, especially somebody who's won the Most Valuable Player Award and has had some level of success in this league. So, yeah, I do trust Jalen Brunson. I love the fact that he's here. Um, I love the fact that, you know, I love what I saw from him last night. Um, you know, I, I pointed out my discrepancies. I'm sure that over the course of the season, we're going to see them more, and then we're going to see a little bit less. We're going to have some days where Jalen Brunson is going to be the greatest thing that ever came to us, and at the same time, he's going to be the biggest liability on defense that we've ever freaking said. Um, but, but while we're talking about that, that aspect, you, you, you hit me on the head, um, Steve, about Mitchell Robinson. The guy hasn't learned how to shoot the ball. And you would think that, you know, with all the highlight films that Knicks fans have, you know, are, are, are so crazy about sending us footage after footage of him taking three-point shots and, 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 and doing some warm-ups on, on some turnaround jumpers and jump hooks, and you saw none of that in, the, in an actual game. You still have to see it, given it's preseason, so you'll probably see it during the season, but... <laughs> We're still seeing the same old Mitchell Robinson, and 
that's a little bit concerning considering you just extended him for, for you know for four more years. So yeah, he's a great defensive player. He you know he's a great rim protector. You know and you know he's still gonna get his four five fouls a night and probably foul out you know averaging six points and ten boards. But come on, dude, let's see some progression out of you. I mean that. I mean that's not asking a lot, especially get, you know getting that big ass contract extension that you you know that he was looking for. Um, you know on on, on, the, on the same token, you know I like to see Julius Randle go right. I don't know. I'm kind of weird that way. I I, I like you know somebody who's a little bit more ambidextrous in, in, in that sense, and not just be so predominantly southpaw. Same thing with R.J. Barrett. You know. Start using that right. I mean, that right side is being given to you because you. Everyone knows you only go left. Start hey, utilizing Ed, I gotta that right lane a little bit. That, man. If they ain't been going go right at this point, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Be honest with you, man. I'm pretty sure you're absolutely right. That's I, I, I see, but it, it, it would be it would be who of me as you know as I would consider myself you know a devoted Knicks fan and somewhat of an analyst of, of the game to not point out dudes. You have a, you have two hands. <laughs> Use them, and, and and I mean, you know, it wouldn't hurt you to exploit that, considering that people are already going to give you the right lane, considering that you they know that you're left heavy. Use that right lane at least every now and then to kind of you know show up a little bit of a surprise. But um, to go back to the, to what you were saying about the Northwest Division, that division mm-hmm. is going to be a is going to be a nightmare in terms of, you know, getting some good quality basketball. I think Utah's still better than, um, than OKC. It's, I think they're still better than, than Portland. Portland, uh, you know, for, for the last decade and change, have been my surprise team, and this year I'm not expecting too many surprises. Um, I think that Damian Lillard made a mistake in staying. I mean, I, you commend him for doing so, but I think that he made a huge mistake um, staying and I and I and obviously I know why he did it. Uh, obviously, oh, oh, no, that, that do, do you that think money. he made a mistake because? Hold on, do you think he made a mistake because if it's about championships, obviously that's a mistake. But what if you know maybe there's some players you know they just want a nice career, they're loyal to the city. I mean, I mean he may not go into the legacy books for championship, right? But what's wrong with okay? You know I like. Where I work, I like my job. I'm kind of want to be here for the rest of my career. I mean, I mean, I get it. If you're looking at it from the competitive standpoint, but what if he's loyal? What happened to being loyal? Man, we rant about that after years. Players staying on we one do. team. What, what's wrong with that? We, we, we absolutely do. But in the NBA, how often? How often does that really happen anymore? The last two guys that have retired with you know only playing for one team was Ken Duncan and Kobe Bryant. Um, and you're not going to see that kind of stuff. And maybe Udonis Haslam has a, a possibility, yeah. but Udonis, but but but, but yeah. Udonis I, Haslam, I, I, he's not. Yeah, he, he, he's kind of like he, he's kind of like the Herb Williams of, of of that team right now. Okay, so, so you know, he's probably going to be a coach a coach later on in life, and and and, and, and you know he's going to be stuck. He's going to be stuck in sticking out like a sore thumb under Spolster for a while. But the reality is, is that you know. For Damian Lillard, who's you know, who, who I at least I, at least you know, to my my vantage point, he's trying to build a legacy, trying to build a brand, trying to build something of 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 intrigue and be remembered as one of the game's greatest. 
I mean, hell, even the greatest Portland Trail Blazer of all time didn't win a championship for them. Clyde Drexler went and ended up going to Houston to win a championship in 1995. So that should, you know, there's your precedent right there. I mean, yeah, you could talk about Bill Walden and all the other guys and Lenny Wilkins and, and times before that, but you have to remember the last superstar that Portland had prior to Damian Lillard was probably Clyde Drexler, but probably a couple other ones that I'm probably missing, but the biggest one that you could think of, didn't even finish his career and win the championship in Portland. He ended up going to Houston to team up with Akeem Olajuwon and win the title in 1995. So there's but, a precedent. But they were there. college teammates, Adam. I mean, they, I mean, Clyde knows. They Akeem were college Olajuwon. teammates. They were college teammates. They, 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 so they, they, they absolutely. I mean, not to make excuse for Lillard, but well, I, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think every NBA player is on that, well, I need to win a championship before I die like it's going to heaven. Like, maybe there are a small percentage of these players, they're cool with a nice little career in one town, and, and they're loyal to it. I mean, I don't think that's far-fetched. Now, it may go against the status quo of what you're saying, and I get it, but I, I don't necessarily knock the man for being loyal to a city. I mean, it's championship. It may, we don't even know. I'll, I'll put it like this, because I know I want you to continue your thoughts. What if he is setting up business ventures in the Portland area? I mean, we don't know that either. I'm just making a big assumption, but it's not far-fetched either. Like, you got connections to a city. Like After your playing career, you could always go on to another life. Maybe you got connections to be a broadcaster with the organization. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that there's got to be something else besides championship on his mind. Well, that's absolutely true. And you know what, you know, that's something that's, that's more of like an old school mentality where, you know, there are players that know that, you know, unless you're, shit, teams back in the 80s knew that if, unless you were in Los Angeles or Boston or, in, you know, or even in Detroit for the, like the, you know, the end of the decade, they, if, unless you were on those three teams, you weren't winning a championship so that, you know, they were okay in settling for having, you know, pretty decent, great, but in this NBA landscape where the NBA championship is, is the holy grail and, is, and, and, you know, you're in the era of LeBron's and Durant's and Giannis's and Curry's and guys like that, it's very far, far-fetched for me, for, you know, to believe that Damian Lillard honestly believes that he was going to win a championship in Portland unless... And if he didn't believe that, then why would he have signed that multi-year extension when he did? I think that he should have at least ventured and considered other alternatives so that way he can build up his basketball career, his basketball legacy. However, I'm not faulting him for doing so. I'm not faulting him at all. But if you're asking me, if, the, if that was his goal, was to win a championship and compete and be recognized as one of the greats, he fell off the mark by, by staying in Portland. Just the same way as Bradley Beal staying in Washington was a good mistake. Well, that's another, that's a great again, example, Ab. I'm glad you said that. Bradley Beal, same but, case. Great example. But again, but again, you can understand why he would t- why they would opt to stay where they were, getting the the absolute maximum contract they possibly can, make you know build their fortune and then live comfortably for the rest of their lives. Like you said, maybe not everyone is up, you know, joins the NBA just to make, just to win the championship. Some of them are actually just here to make a billion, millions of dollars. 
i.e. Carmelo Anthony, i.e. Bradley Beal, i.e. Damian Lillard. Right. I totally, yeah. I mean, I definitely believe there's a small crop of NBA all-star caliber players that are, and I'm, and that's cool. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that either. Shout out to Ash. Do I trust Jalen? You know what? Absolutely. I do. Um, listen, I am, Dom, we watch college basketball as YouTube, like you go back to those Villanova teams, those Jay Wright teams. I mean, if you don't, you know, I mean, matter of fact, the teammates are on there. Archie Anato's on the team now with the Knicks off the bench. I don't know if he's going to stay on there or whatever, but Brunson, his teammate, and Bridges, those teams were solid and well-coached. And, and I, I still hold a lot of value, Dom, when – I mean, you don't really see it a lot these days with the players staying, you know, in college, you know, multiple years. I mean, he won two national championships. It wasn't just one. He won two, man. That's hard, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the guy knows how to play, like – you know, whether he wanted to come to New York or not, I'm not exactly sold on that necessarily. Maybe he did as far as, you know, the money, you know, his father tied to the organization, things like that. And he knew, like, you know, Worldwide West and those cats, right, you know, because of his father through, you know, through the years and stuff. But, listen, Jalen Brunson, he's, at, he's, going, he's not flashy, but he's a smart, strong, tough high IQ basketball player, and the Knicks needed that. And, Av, you hit the nail on the head. It was about the timing of it because we had, had all these past their prime point guards. Um, and, and, you know, the Jason Kidd's that one year, you know, when we won 54 games, but he was on the way out, right? And then, you know, Derrick Rose, the first stint, then didn't pan out. Uh, you know, Raymond Felton, Jose Calderones, all these other guys you've been naming, Tony Douglas, Chauncey Billups, and all these past their prime guards. Jalen Brunson is a winner, and the Knicks needed a winner. Now, it all, you know, when it comes down to getting go-to buckets, I trust him more than Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett because Jalen Brunson makes the smart basketball play. The only way where I would disagree, uh, Dom, when I go back to you, uh, as far as Jalen Brunson, as far as his assist ratio, he's never been that guy. Like, that's not – like, he's not a Mike Conley. He's not a – a guy that's going to get you nine, ten dimes uh, for an 82 regular season. That's just never been Jalen Brunson even in college or even in high school. This is just not him. So I say all this to say, do I trust him? Absolutely. Uh, I just think it ain't beyond him. And, and I'm going to go back to Dom as we're going, we're going to go to the, uh, the Pacific Division because we were talking about Mitchell Robinson, lack of shooting, and we saw the backup center uh, uh, come into the game in, uh, in Hartenstein bomb some threes. I mean, I was thinking about it, Dom. I know we know who the starters, we know the benches, but we may see some stretches in the game. We might see four lefties in the lineup. We might see a Brunson, a Barrett, a Randall, and a Hardenstein, like four lefties in the lineup at one point as far as maximized shooting. What kind of lineup lineup combinations you would like to see? Let's get into the Kings. Let's get into the Lakers and the Clippers. I think the Clippers are stacked, dude. Like, we almost forgot that Kawhi Leonard's on that team, man. <laughs> I mean, that's a stacked veteran team, Adam. Uh, we all know the Kings are the, the odd team out. I think the Suns are in trouble, man. I don't know what the hell happened with uh, – DeAndre Ayn and uh, Monty Williams, man, because that they had. Remember, didn't they like some team? Matt, like he had a, he was a restricted uh, free agent, and and I guess another team 
a master deal and the Suns had to make the offer. There's something wrong with it. I think Jay Crowder wants to be traded or some shit. Like, this is crazy. Just, I mean, this was the, the last couple of seasons, Don. The Suns were, like, literally the it team. NBA Finals versus the Bucks. They were up 2 nothing. And then they lost four straight. They had a crazy regular season. They went bananas earlier in the season last year. And then it just all fizzled out, man. I mean, they ran into New Orleans last year in the playoffs. It got through them, and then they just ran out of gas. But, Dom, any team you want to – you know, Lakers, uh, Kings, Clippers, Suns, what's your thoughts on Nick combinations uh, as far as, you know, my thoughts on Mitchell Robinson? The floor is yours, sir. If you have anything else to add, let me know. Phoenix Phoenix is a prime example, guys, and I hate to say this. They're a prime example. Oh, the Warriors. I forgot about the the Warriors. Sorry about that. Guys. Yeah, this is this is how fast this is fa- this is how fast the tables turn. You can go from the top of the mountain to you're right, Steve. And we brought this up last year with the Aiden thing. That's why I thought he was gone. I said he ain't gonna stick around. But if something ain't right, they showed us something ain't right. They ended up getting smoked when the something wasn't right with him. Because remember. When they had that incident and they sat him, that's the game they got blown out the building at home. So people, us included, because we talked about this, Steve, what the hell's going on. I never envisioned him coming back. I didn't. But I guess, you know, Wu-Tang said it best, cash rules everything around me. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's sad to see it, but... You know, and I just want to touch on one thing. When y'all was talking about the Lillard and Bradley Bill, you know what, guys? There's a lot of players in the NBA that are, one, never going to win a ring, no matter how great they are. But there's also a lot of them that chased rings and never won a ring. So I, I, don't, I don't have no ill feelings of what Bill and, and uh, Lillard do. That, to me, that's great. I'd like to see that. You know, that loyalty, that wanting to stay. Remember, Dirk Nowitzki played for Dallas his whole career, and he saw some bad times in Dallas, fellas. Let, let, let's be honest. He saw some bad times mm-hmm. in Dallas. He stuck it out. He won a ring. Kobe, you know, he saw the highs, the lows, the lows, the highs, but he stuck it out. So, man, I, I love seeing that because it's, it's not the norm in basketball no more. So, hey, you know what? If, if it makes them happy and their careers are not defined by a championship, because there's more players in the Hall of Fame that don't have ranks than there are players that do have ranks. So, you know what? If it makes them happy, that's great. You know, when it comes to them two divisions, Steve, I still have, I don't know, I may have to go with the Clippers, because y'all hit it on the head. They're bringing a lot of talent back that we probably forgot about. You know, yeah, sure why did. Leonard hasn't played in, <laughs> you know, 10 years. You know, and I have no faith in the Lakers. So, now I'll keep them eh, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Then the Sacramento will be four and five. <laughs> I don't have no faith in them. Because if you All look right. at this, guys, you talk about loyalty and chase and bring. Anthony Davis chased that ring, chased his way to L.A. If it wasn't for the bubble and that long-ass break between games, who knows if he ever wins a ring because he's always injured. So he got that pause to get healthy, get back in it. Because when you look at it, guys, in them years that him and LeBron have been on the Lakers, it's been a shit show. You could blame Russell Westbrook all you want. 
it was a shit show before Russell ever got there. So, hey, hey John, can I, I interject real no quick so you continue on? Because yes. you made a great point about Anthony Davis, and I was watching it last night. The Pelicans. I know I talked about it two weeks ago. The Pelicans were good as hell, dude. And look how, and think about that situation. Like you said, Ooh. Anthony Davis chasing the ring, forced his way out to go to L.A. And look at the roster the Pelicans sent them. Steve, we spoke great. about this this morning. We was, we was hitting it. This, Steve, you look at their bench. Their bench is stacked, dude. And I guess we already talked about that division, but... Yikes, Steve. I'll tell you what. Again, you these guys that want to chase rings, the, Anthony Davis chased and got his ring. But I think New Orleans won the bigger prize. I'm, I'm just saying. They got, well, they got a really good you team, think, Steve. Wow. I know the Lakers won a championship out of it with the bubble. Let me go back to you, Don. I'm sorry because you made it. I think that we got to keep an eye out on how, you know, those two teams, when they bump against each other in the regular season, like Brandon Ingram was mm. the Laker. Like, he was on the Lakers. You gave that up. Mm. For, you know, I mean, for they got a championship in the bubble. But, you know, it's a championship, but it's not like it's, you know, the traditional way you went through each individual, you know, city on the road. You did it in the bubble. I really think they kind of regret that, man, especially you're not getting Matt back from Davis. And Brandon Ingram is a monster. I don't, I don't know why people don't talk about him more. Steve, look at look at what look at this team. I mean, granted, they didn't get McCollum in that deal, but they got McCollum. They ended up getting Larry Nance, uh, yep. Brandon Ingram. Now they well, of course they got Zion. But remember, my boy, I used to always talk about in Charlotte. What a great pickup! Yeah, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. Yeah, you know, they, Steve, they check a lot of boxes, man. They do. They do. Versatility, shooting. They check a hell of a lot of boxes. They may be, they may be the Memphis Grizzlies of this year. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, might be even better. That's going to be good games when they both the Memphis. Ooh, yeah. look out! Man. Yeah. We, we waited for this. We waited. I got a glow a little bit about that, that one. If I miss it, I gotta, if I don't, you don't hear from me on the Twitter. Please tweet at me when that game's on. I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I don't care if the Knicks or the Rangers are on. I got to see Memphis, New Orleans, man. That's going to add, man. Oh, no. I want to get Adam back under the conversation. Anything else on the on the Pacific? I mean, we I know I got to interject it, but, the, you know, the Lakers, the you know, what you were saying about the Clippers, uh, anything, you know, before we go to Adam or anything. Oh, the Knicks combinations. Do you have any thoughts as far as – you know, some lineups you would like to see this season, you know, you know, based off, I'll you know, you, I'll the tell roster. You what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what real quick, guys, and not get winded. If if the Knicks knew what they were getting in that Hawkins team, they could have saved a lot of money with Mitchell Robinson. Because I listened right. to everything y'all said about that. him. We've been, <laughs> we've been saying this for four years. His versatility, his offense is nil. We'd have been better off with Hawkins being and Sims on, on right. a whole lot less money oh, man. than you we were with bringing this guy back, who we've seen what he's been giving us for how many years. Just, it's, it's ridiculous. But that kid's going to be special because he can stretch the floor, he's big, and you still have Sims. So what the hell? I mean, come on, guys. I think we talked about this, Ab. Man, you hit Should they re-sign him? And I was like, no. I don't think they should have re-signed Mitchell Robinson. But – here he is. Mm, mm, mm. Nah, I'm sorry. 
No. I've always said I've always said that Mitchell Robinson should have been resigned, but not for like the maximum that they actually ended up giving him. I thought, I, I honestly feel like that was that was, that was a, a money grab strictly for Mitchell. Um, the Knicks just got desperate because they heard the teams were getting interested. So they so you know Leon Rose and and, and uh, just basically came down and said, you know what, here's here's your money, shut your mouth, get back in the gym, learn to shoot, please, and then that's it. Um, but it, it, it still hasn't, you know, we still haven't seen that yet. Now, when, you guys are talking about the Pelicans. You know, as much as as much as, as I agree with everything you're saying, the only issue that I have with them. It's probably been the only issue that they've had for the last three years now. Health. Can they stay healthy? And, and, and if you look at you look at their roster, there's sure. a lot of guys on there that, that that can you know that again are injury riddled. I mean Zion Zion is just to start, and then you know you just go down the go down the row, and you're like, mm, this guy's been injured a lot. This guy's been injured. Uh, this guy has a foot problem. This guy has a path problem. This is this, and this one's that. So it's you know as much as as exciting as they are on paper, and exciting as 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 the perspective of what they can be, and you know they looked pretty good last night playing against Portland. You know the other team that we were just talking about, that you know it's all about health, and you know New Orleans has been plagued with injuries for the last six years more or less, even when Davis was there. So it's just a matter of can they stay healthy and can they keep it up? Because once the book is out on them and, and, the, rest of the, and the rest of the conference gets wind of them, you know, can they also adjust? Because they're still a relatively young team. You know, they have some quality players that have been around, but, you know, they're still relatively a young team, and, and I, I want to see them get tested. And I, I think that given their schedule, that they're going to be, um, especially in that January month where I saw their schedule, they're playing some, you know, they're going through the ringer of playing against most of the Pacific Division and a lot of the Eastern Conference tops. So, yeah, we'll see. The Pacific Division is is pretty much a wash to me because it's only a two-team race. Um, you know, you got the Clippers and then you got the Warriors, and that's it. Um, the Lakers have the Lakers have still not addressed their biggest freaking issue, which is what are they going to do with Russell Westbrook? And you know, it's still essentially the same identical team that there was last year. That barely, you know, I don't even remember how many wins they got last year. They missed the playoffs. And you, you would think that when it's when a team comprised of Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and you know, and, and, and a and a cavalcade of you know of, of quality guys that they would be able to put that all together. But I don't think that – I think it's all on the coach. I think it's all on, on LeBron. And it's all on, you know, and the fact that LeBron is asking for Davis to take up a big step. It's like, I don't know if he can. I don't think that's his, I don't think that's his makeup, you know, for him to take on, you know, more of the brunt of the scoring, especially when you still have the Russell Westbrook situation going on. And I know that he really wanted to get Kyrie. Brooklyn's not interested in getting Westbrook. And those two picks that they have, you know, to offer aren't, aren't appetizing to anyone really, maybe except to Utah. And but there's nothing for them to, you know, to you know, to, you know, to convert them to something. So for the Lakers, they're still three or four. And you're looking at the Warriors and you're looking at the Clippers. The Clippers, um, 
I'm in the same boat as you, Stephen Dom, where you almost forgot that Kawhi Leonard is there. But when you, when, when you remember that, you're like, ooh, wait, Kawhi Leonard is still there. And Kawhi Leonard is still, you know, up in the tops in terms of the upper echelon of the NBA, uh, NBA talent. So this guy's going to be, I think, I think the Clippers, again, if they stay healthy, can make a run for that Pacific Division. But I still think it's the Warriors' um, tight, um, you know, division to, you know, to, for them to win or to lose. And on the same boat, when you're talking about Phoenix, um, yeah, yeah Phoenix, Phoenix is in big trouble. Um, that's not to say that they're not going to be a good team, but they're in big trouble. They have a lot more, uh, they have a lot more to deal with than they did before because now. Now, you know, guys are a little bit older. You've got, you got a lot of issues going on. And, you know, it's starting to look a little bit more and more like that, that Western Conference Finals that they, and the NBA Finals when they were up two games to none. It's starting to look like a flash in the pan. And they have a lot to prove because I had them penciled in to go into the NBA Finals last year, and that didn't happen. But anyways, um the combination that you're seeing about the Knicks, um, I would love to see, you know, Brunson. I like to see a combination of Brunson and McBride together. Mm. You keep RJ, you keep RJ at the three, and I, 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 you know, you have Hartenstein, and I think you play him at the four and keep Randall at the five, because I think that's your, that's probably your best offensive defensive kind of combination where you get where you get a best of both worlds uh, situation and plus you, you you still get a lot of firepower because I didn't know see I, I was a little naive to the situation I didn't really know too much about Isaiah Hartenstein but what he's been show, what he showed me last night that he can you know pop pop back and, and, and take that three and stretch the floor the way he does. Remember when I was saying earlier in the, in, the, in the show about Randall, you know, getting a lot more space than he used to? That's going to be a big indicator of how Randall's going to probably have a better year than he had last year because now you have somebody that's not going to occupy the same amount of space as Mitchell Robinson did. Well, Ab, and let me ask you this. Well, that's what I was, you know, I'm glad I brought the question to you and Dom. If we want to maximize Randall, as an offensive threat, wouldn't it make more sense to have Mitch come off the bench? I know you gave him the money, but if you got a five that can stretch the floor like that and open up the gates, because like we said, Mitchell ain't doing shit offensively. He's clogging up the lane. He's bringing bodies towards Randall. What are your thoughts? As far as, I mean, what are we trying to do here? Well, well, it, it, it's like I'm going to use, you, you, you use that statement, and I'm going to use one of your old ones. It's not who starts. It's who finishes. And well, uh, oh, oh. Oh, you, oh what, I, okay, I will see. What's your finishing line? I didn't even think about that. What about, I was thinking about quarters two th- through three, you know, but what about your finishing Well, well, see, if you, if you realize that, that, you know, that Hardenstein is, is, is a more of an offensive weapon, he's probably going to end up being, you know, one of your – you know, he's probably going to be your closing lineup with Randall, with R.J., with um, with Brunson and maybe a Derrick Rose or right. you know or or Devin Fournier, depending on who's got the you know who's got the feeling at that night. Um, does that mean that I don't that I discount Quentin Grimes? No, because Quentin Grimes, you know, I still think that he's not. I don't think he's. I don't honestly think he's fully ready yet. Anyway, but I think that this could be his breakout year. 
And if he's if he's got the touch that night, then by all means, you plug him in there along with Brunson and Randall and Barrett, and then you bring in Hartenstein, you know, to kind of stretch the floor a little bit. Because now, like you said, Steve, you're not you don't you, know, you don't have double triple teams. You don't have Randall getting crowded up in the on the left side constantly. You you have a free open lane, and Hartenstein can put the ball on the floor sometimes. That's something that I also didn't know about him. And I kind of saw that, and I'm like, wait, this kid can, this guy can do, you shoot from the outside and bring it in and, you know, and step up. I mean, so I think Robinson, despite the fact of his contract and, and, and despite of, you know, his greatness on, you know, on the shot blocking him, I think that he's going to have a run for running in terms of the leadership position because you're going to look at, Thibodeau's going to look at the situation. Robinson's got four fouls. He's not doing anything offensive. You need a quick bucket. You're going to go with your best offensive lineup, and your best offensive lineup is the one I just, I just read right off to you. It's R.J. Bear with Jalen Brunson, with, you know, with possibly a Quentin Rhymes or, or Miles McBride and Julius Randle. That's your best offensive offensive lineup that you have. You can bring in Derrick Rose in and out for, you know, for, you know, for first spell, but that's pretty much you're going to, that's your offense. Where does Sims and everybody else fit in? That's your two, two, you know, the quarters two, two, three, like you, like you said, Steve. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great. We'll, we'll definitely talk about it throughout the regular season, uh, starting uh, after the game versus the Grizzlies open tonight, in a couple of Wednesdays from now. Uh, let me uh, touch on a couple of the West teams before we go for round for final thoughts. We didn't show any love for the uh, Sacramento Kings. You know, I. I think they have actually a decent team, Dom. I want to get your thoughts on your final thoughts with the Kings. Uh, it just happens to be, like Av said, you know, the Clippers. I mean, I'll get to the Clippers real quick after the Kings, but they have a lot of shooting. Adding, okay, we know about Sabonis on the low post. So, you know, he's going to be a low down there. And I think that balances out all this, the the perimeter shooting, you know, bringing in um, Kevin Herter from the, from the Hawks. You know, Harrison Barnes is a veteran, an NBA champion. Uh, you know he's he's still shooting the rock. I th- I don't know he might be trade bait sometime during the uh, you know by the trade deadline. Who knows? Keegan Murray, that's a guy you know coming out of Iowa. He could shoot it, man. Like they got some dudes that can shoot the rock on his team, man. Malik Monk, you already familiar with him, Dom, being all those years, you know, with the Hornets and of course before that Kentucky coming off the bench. So you literally got maybe say like four dudes that can literally shoot it up, you know they're going to be up there in pace. You know, we were talking about pace, how the Knicks are last place in pace, where De'Aaron Fox, his middle name needs to be Pace. You know what I'm saying? That, he's probably the fastest point guard today in the NBA, you know? You know you know he's going to dribble fast and get up the court, so he's going to find shooters. If you have any thoughts on the Kings, I, I mean, I don't have any high expectations because their bench is weak, Dom, but as far as their first six with all that shooting, I mean, it should be fun to watch. I mean, we've seen Sacramento go into Denver even with the Buddy Hill teams and win, so if they could do that with him, and I'm not, you know, I like Buddy Hill. I think they got more rounded shooters now than they did with those Buddy Hill teams. And then as far as the Clippers, you know, adding John Wall, I, I think as a backup is fantastic, dude. I, I really do, man. And, and, you know, they got all these veterans. You know, Covington can shoot the three. Nicholas Batum can shoot the three. Powell is a very good player all those years with Toronto. I know he had a little quick stint in, in Portland, but it's like, damn, Don, we forgot Kawhi Leonard was on the team. That's how, I mean, the, the Clippers were getting by, you know, 
is as far they got as far as they could without him. He he is the game changer when he decides to play. I mean, he's a he's an odd kind of dude. I'm not gonna play like if he's a 95 percent, he's not playing. But he's got to be a hundred percent. I really think they have a. I mean, they got some dog. You know, Reggie Jackson's a dog, man. I mean, we were talking about McBride, but Reggie Jackson's a to me is an underrated player. Not not an all star, but a very solid point guard that fits in with the Marcus Morris's. You know, offsets with a Paul George, who's a clear cut number two. Zubak is a good center. The Clippers are good. But what are your thoughts on on Sacramento, Dom? On your final thoughts? Anything else with any of the teams in the West or the Northwest? And then anything on the Knicks? And then we'll go to after final thoughts. Well, well, we know we know Sacramento is going to get the ball up and down the court. And with with Fox and Monk, that that could be a good little. Feels a good little combo. Like I said, I got them and the Lakers fighting for the fourth seed. But I tell you what, the more you look at the Clippers guys, and I had to pull up their roster. Look at their shooting guards: Paul George, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard. You you can't play them all at the same time, but <laughs> what what a combination! Then you got Reggie Jackson and John Wall at the point. Wow, they they. And, and, and Don, don't forget about and don't forget about Terrence Mann. He he's a sleeper. He, he did that, a dude. good job with them last year, Terrence Mann. Yeah, he, he's another point guard. They got three legit point guards, and of course, with the three, one is the biggest question mark. Because as much as we talked about Reggie Jackson, I'll tell you what, guys. The last couple of years, he showed up. He showed up, and he showed out. So. You look at the three-point guards they got, Reggie Jackson, John Wall, Terrence Mann. John Wall, if he don't turn into at least 75% of what John Wall was, man, those are two good backups. Those, those are two good, hey, Steve, we really need you to play tonight. <laughs> and they can do it because Reggie Jackson has proved this. Remember when he took that bad rap, guy? Oh, he ain't this, he ain't that. But he's had a couple of very good seasons. And he's had a couple of pretty good playoff runs. So, yeah, they're, to me, to me, they're better than Golden State, guys. I'm sorry. I know Golden State is <clears> champ. <throat> but I got, them, I got them ahead of Golden State. That's all I can say about that. They have a lot of depth. And I don't know if Golden State eh, – I don't know, guys. I mean, Golden State might have sort of eh, – I don't want to say got off lightly – with, with all that went on in the East, I can name two teams in the East because of injuries and chaos that could have beat Golden State in the, in the championship. I hate to say it, the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks could have beat Golden State. I'm just saying. I, I, they they sort of kind of got lucky because Boston got there kind of sort of by default because I don't see Boston beating Brooklyn or Milwaukee if both those teams are healthy. So they got there by circumstance. So it, and Golden Don, State I got a question for you. Yes, if we're just looking at their guards, the Clippers and the Warriors, Ooh. what combination Ooh. of guards you like better? The Clippers combinations of guards or the Warriors? You know, Warriors got Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, of course. Uh, man, Wig- and Wiggins is like a three. He's almost like a two in a sense. Don- they added De- uh, Dante DeVincentio. De- uh, De- De- I think he's... A nice piece. 
you know, but what guard? I mean, I think this is a fair question. Clippers guards or Warriors guards? Like, Ooh. you know, if you have to I got, I got to go with, I got to go with the Clippers. I got to go with the Clippers because of one. Ooh. Look what you guys you're talking, talking, just talking guards. Reggie Jackson, yep. John Wall, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard. That's like six really good guards. <laughs> six. Now you got you got Thompson, and you got uh, Steph, and they're great. Yeah. But they got some age on them. They got a little bit of age on them. I mean, John Wall at thirty-two is probably twenty-nine years in dog life in NBA world because he hasn't Fair. played yeah. it so long. All right. And we all know he could still. I mean, let's just think he coming back semi with John Wall. He's the, he's the Aaron Fox. He'll blaze up and down the court with the best of them. I don't think nobody on Golden State can keep up with that. They got a what, what they got, Steve. They got a lot of shooting from both of the guards, the shooting guard and the point guard. That's a. I, I don't know, guys. I'm not trying to be like the pundits, but when I looked at their roster before this, I was like, damn, they got to win that division. Serious. They got, <laughs> they, got, they got too much depth. And if I'm not mistaken, Golden State lost a couple of players. Who was it? Uh, Looney? Peyton? Yeah. Peyton was I think those two are gone. Yeah. yeah. I think those two are gone. So, and Golden. And, and, and guess what? Paul George, who played on and off last year, he's another guy. He's probably two years younger in NBA life than he is in real life because of the injuries, the time off, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, Steve, with him and John Wall at the guard, and let's not get it twisted, Luke Kennard can still shoot. Mm -hmm. Norman Powell is buckets. Let's not forget, we're talking about Norman Powell here, guys. He can get buckets. Mm -hmm. I'm going with the Clippers, fellas. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going with the Clippers. I don't know where their big man is, but... Yeah. Oh, Zubak, uh, Covington. Yeah. Okay, who really has a big center nowadays anyway? So I think it's theirs for the taking. Are they going to win the conference? I don't know about that, but they have a hell of a good chance. I'll say that. But my final note, Steve, thanks again, brother. You know, you know, I love this. We actually stood on for a while tonight. We covered a lot. So I just hope. Uh, my last thing is the Knicks progress. Uh, I'm not saying what position they're going to be in, what seed they're going to be. I just want to see some progression, and let's see where that takes them. They got good depth. And I will say this, Steve, before I go, with your, with your boy Deuce McBride. Yeah. They have to, the Knicks have to shit or get off the pot. What's, what might hurt McBride is the flipsy-flopsy with quickly. Is quickly going to be a point guard or is he going to be a shooting guard? Because I think Deuce McBride is probably a better point guard than quickly. His decision-making, his, his defense, but quickly could probably shoot and get to the basket better right now in his second, third year. But that's where the Knicks got to shit up off the pot with, with this McBride thing. Because Rose is going to be gone to the relate. You're still going to have McBride and quickly. Who's going to be the backup guard? Let's let's make that clear now and let's see where it takes us. So, uh, 
let, let's hope the Knicks have a good season. And, and for, to me, progression is the key. And on that note, Steve, thank you, brother. You know, I love you, man. Keep up the good work. Shout out to Dom, man. We got through two divisions and some Knicks, man. Shout out to Dom. And, of course, the infamous one, man. And, oh, Dom, man. Be, oh, man, Dom. Before we go, man, do you have any – I mean, I know we're Yankee guys. Uh, any thoughts about the judge breaking the AL record or Major League Baseball on top of that if you want to sign up? Because we haven't said Boy. it on public. Boy, Steve, I got now. nervous. <laughs> I got nervous. I was like last yeah. week I told my brother-in-law, man, if he gets stuck on 61 and he was stuck on 61, I said, shit, I saw my brother-in-law last night. Right before we hit the home run, I'm like, Man, I should have never said what I said. And then he hits the home run. I felt, whoa, I felt relieved. And you know what? It's it's weird because when you look at it, the American League record, three Yankees, three right fielders, Judge and Maris, 61, 61 years ago. And he breaks the record almost to the date that Roger Maris broke it. I had that on the... Your, your Facebook page. He, he could have broken on the actual date 61 years ago. But mm-hmm. he did it. I'm happy. You know, and it, it's going to be owned by the Yankees for quite some time. And I'm, I'm happy. But think about that history behind that, guys. Three right fielders, three New York Yankees, 61 years ago, Judge breaks the 61. Wow. He couldn't have wrote a better script, though. Not just because I'm a Yankee fan, I'm a baseball fan too. What a what a what a script, perfect. So now it's, it's, it's playoff time, Steve. You know, it's put up or shut up as always. And let's see what happens. They're gonna if they go to the next round, they're gonna have to face the Astros. And so far, they've proven they've had a hard way to go with them. Hopefully, it gets better. And you know, let's let's see where the cookies from. But I'm going to write right on. Of course, and let's see what happens. Right on. Absolutely, man. Shout out to Tom, and thank you for your thoughts, man. Ab, your squad, the Yankees, your squad, the Knicks, the two divisions, your final thoughts. And then, of course, we'll be back for the regular season in a couple of weeks, uh, opener versus the Grizzlies. So your final thoughts, though. Well, well, <clears throat> it's kind of hard to, to, you know, to, to, to go back to the Knicks on this one other than, hey, Great first, great first showing. I want to see more. Um, but in terms of um, Aaron Judge and finally hitting 62 home runs, breaking the American League, and what's to be considered by many as the actual home run record by baseball players. Now I know that many people are going to, you know, are, are going to be up in arms with this one. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can look at things, we can look at this a number of different ways, but do not neglect the fact that number one, Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs 61 years after Roger Maris hit his 61st. Not to mention, he's on a winning team that just that clinched the American League East. He was in contention for the American League Triple Crown until early this afternoon and possibly could have won it had they not walked him so many damn times. Now, and is on the verge of 
helping the Yankees win their 28th World Series title and up for a huge contract all in one year. After turning down that big contract offer, that's, not, that's something that just doesn't happen. When somebody bets on themselves so much and then goes out and proves it, despite, you know, every, a lot of athletes that do that, you know, whether you're playing baseball, football, basketball, hockey, to go out there for 162 games, giving it your all, and your biggest concern is whether the team wins or loses, that says a lot. That should be something that should be remembered, especially in a year where so many things, you know, so many milestones were hit. Miguel Cabrera hit 3,000, Albert Pujols hit 700, and now Aaron Judge hit 62. This is a year similar to what 96 was when, you know, when McGuire and Sosa were chasing Maris's record back then. Of course, now we know what, you know, what they were on, but it is what it is. And say what you will, you know, who's the real home run king? The fact is, is that we got to witness firsthand in this social media age the greatness of one player impacting the game the way that Aaron Judge has, having to live and wear the pinstripes, the most storied team in all of sports, following in the, in the shadow of us losing the greatest, you know, the great captain Derek Jeter to two years later, be on the precipice of a, of a what well, could possibly be a very legendary and lucrative career of Aaron Judge. I tip my cap. That was beautiful. You know, that was something that that's something that you know that, that 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 now we as sports fans can take on and talk about to our grandchildren. You know, for years to come. You know, I've heard about Maris. I've heard about the Marison, the Marison Mantle, uh, um, you know, race. Yeah. Now we can say, talk about Aaron Judge. I hate to interject, but I, got, I said it on Monday on the baseball. I remember those conversations, me, you, and the doorman. Remember, you know, Ken, of course you know Kenny. We had those conversations yeah. years ago on the baseball shows, whether to bring up Aaron Judge or not from the minors. Remember those, like, 2015-ish, 16-ish? And we were talking about should we bring up Judge and – you know, it was a debate then because the Yankees weren't really going nowhere. We just wanted to see winning baseball because the Shero was on the way out, A Rod was on the way out. You know what I'm saying? Now look right. at what I do. I, I do remember. I do remember those those talks. You know, with, with, with Kenny B and, and and you and myself. And I think I remember saying that it couldn't hurt to bring Aaron Judge up. <laughs> and uh, apparently, apparently, it's hurt. A number of baseballs already, and right now, that that home run ball he hit last night is up for two million dollars. Congratulations to the lucky fan who's gotten it. You know, depending on what they decide to do with it, but um, I mean, that's 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 history in the making because despite what the record books show, despite what you think of. Bonds and McGuire and Sosa and, and, and guys like that. You got to see it done at least for the time being in a clean way. So that's, that's saying something. And it's time for the playoffs. It's time for the Yankees to put up or shut up. And if Aaron Judge can carry that momentum along with Jim Carlos Stanton, who's, who's, who's lighting up lasers on a nightly basis, 
and the rest of the Yankee team can, can put it all together. And congratulations again to Garrett Cole, too, for surpassing the New York Yankees team mark of strikeouts. But can they bring all that momentum into the postseason? Because as Dom said, we have a problem with the Houston Astros, and we and we owe them one from like you know from a few years ago. It's about time that we you know that, that we go into Minute Maid Park, we wax the floor with those bums, and actually and finally claim what's rightfully ours, which is the 28th World Series title coming back to the Bronx. But I, I, this is the Nickelbacker Ass Fan Forum. Back to the mix real quick. I want to see more. I want to see more, and I want to see more. I'm so far pleased. We'll see what happens during the season. It's just preseason, so I'm not, I don't have such high hopes. But, hey, who knows? Weird things have happened along the, along the coast of an 82-game NBA season. Until then, folks, at, on, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Nickelbacker Abbott signing out, bleeding blue all day, every day, no matter what day of the week it is. I'm out. All right, cool, man. Shout-out to Av and Dom, myself. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, regular season opener versus the Grizzlies on that Wednesday after the game. Uh, uh, good conversation, Northwest Division, the Pacific, and, of course, the Knicks. And we'll have more thoughts. You can, you know, share it with Nickelbacker Av on his social media pages, and we'll extend the conversation in between episodes. So, Sangres, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your week. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.